Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 17, Sulky and the Moroccan Soup. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, Sulky, who is named because he sulks and whimpers when he doesn't get his way. Well, Sulky ends up traveling to Morocco and going deep into a souk and being pursued by snakes and bandits. Will he escape? Listen to the story and find out. And at the end of the story, I am going to tell you how you can see all the photos that go with this story and how you can write your own story ending and submit it for publication online at gooptales.com. So enjoy the story, and I will see you on the other side. What Sulky borrowed, he returned, and many were the thanks he earned by leaving others things alone, remembering they were not his own. Yet he was sulky, so they say, when not allowed to have his way. Sulky and the Moroccan Souk, Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a friendly little goop named Sulky. He was charming and good-natured when everything was going his way. But when Sulky didn't get his way, he would put on a sour face and sulk. His sulking sessions could last for days. He would find a corner in his room get comfortable, and begin to sulk and whimper and whimper and sulk non-stop. Whenever he did this, all of his goop friends ignored him because nobody wanted to play with a sulker. Once he played croquet with Stingessi, and she won because she was an excellent shot at croquet. Sulky desperately wanted to win at croquet, but when he lost... He sulked for two days straight and missed out on two birthday parties and the chocolate cake that was served. Chocolate cake with chocolate frosting was his absolute favorite, but thanks to his sulking sessions, he missed the parties and the cake. Sulky carried around a little bag of coins that he tied around his waist and wrapped up in a gold-woven cloth. The coins made him feel rich, as if he could just dig into his little pouch and buy anything he wanted. He was a good saver, so he always had plenty of coins in his pouch. He was also a very generous little goop. One fine summer evening, Sulky set off exploring in hopes of finding an enchanted crescent-shaped swing. He had read about the swing in one of his storybooks. It said that there was one in every forest, and that if you found it, the swing could take you to the moon and back. Sulky was enthralled with this idea and thought, What great fun it would be to fly across the sky, up to the moon, and back again. As he walked along towards the forest, he heard a little voice call out, Sulky, where are you going? He turned around to see Stingessi waving after him to stop. Oh, Stingessi, 
I'm going to find the crescent-shaped swing in the forest. It can fly us to the moon and back. Do you want to come? Of course I do. Where's this swing? It is somewhere deep in the forest. Come along. We will find it, said Sulky. So off they went in search of the crescent swing. As they approached the forest, they saw two tree trunks pop out of the ground and bend and twist until they formed a circular doorway into the forest that framed the moon high in the sky. I think surely we must enter here, said Sulky. Yes, indeed. This must be the way, agreed Stingessie. They set foot through the treeway, and as they did, the whole forest lit up. The colors were brighter and deeper, and the sounds of the forest animals were magnified. They passed by red glowing mushrooms, hidden forest houses, flying fairies, and little firefly lanterns. The forest was full of wizardry. Their eyes grew wide, taking in the magic around them. Look over there! I think I see a swing, said Stingessie. And there it was, all alone off in a corner of the forest that was full of autumn-colored trees with red leaves. The swing was indeed shaped like a crescent moon. It was made of a tree branch, and it hung from two other tree branches that curled over it. It was very inviting. Stingessie ran over to it and hopped on. Give me a push, Sulky, please! Sulky grabbed hold of the swing, pulled back as hard as he could, and let go. The moon swing went flying right towards the moon with Stingessie. Although Sulky helped to push Stingessie to the moon, he wasn't very happy about the situation as he had wanted to be the first one on the swing. It was his idea, after all. He sat down on the ground and began to sulk. He turned his back to the moon and crossed his legs and arms and closed his eyes. He sulked and sulked. He was in the middle of a deep sulking session when he heard Stingessie cry out, Sulky, that was amazing! The moon is shiny and glowing and makes you feel like your best friends. It's your turn now. Stingessie hopped off the swing and held it out for Sulky, but he didn't budge. Come on, Sulky, you'll love it, Stingessie said as she tried to cajole him onto the swing. Still, he didn't budge. Oh, Sulky, don't sulk. Just snap out of it. Get up and get on the swing. I promise it will be worth it. Still, Sulky wouldn't move. The swing had overheard everything, and he wasn't pleased with Sulky's behavior. Stingessie just sighed. <sighs> she felt badly and wasn't sure what to do. She turned and looked around at the swing and watched as it suddenly started moving and swinging right over to Sulky. It swooped him up before he could even move, and off they went. 
they went high, high into the sky. Sulky looked toward the moon as he decided to embrace this new adventure. But the moon was moving farther and farther away. He wasn't going on a moon ride. Chapter 2 Sulky's eyes turned saucer size as he looked around. He watched as the moon turned from a crescent to a half moon, to a full moon, and then to a crescent again. He wasn't getting anywhere close to it. He saw colors begin to swirl around him. The sky lit up and turned red and green. It circled Sulky and sucked him in. He heard it call, Sultan of Sulk, Sultan of Sulk, you waste your precious time sulking. He wanted to call out and ask the sky, Why? But he couldn't. He couldn't move his mouth. Sulky grasped his little bag of coins as he spun around and around. He moved so fast that he couldn't feel anything anymore. And so he shut his eyes tight as the world around him went dark. Learn a lesson, Sultan of Sulk, said the voice of the sky as it spit Sulky out from the vortex. He landed in a bucket full of fine red powder. Sulky held up his hands and stared at them in disbelief. He was completely covered in paprika and was red from head to toe. He popped himself out of the paprika, shook himself vigorously, and then checked to make sure he had his little bag of coins intact. After assuring himself that all was in place, he took a look around and saw that he was in a foreign land full of colors, smells, and sounds he had never experienced before. He felt excited by all the commotion around him The colors swept him up and led him on a path into a lively marketplace. Sulky was in a Moroccan souk. He felt a tug on his bag of coins and quickly looked down to see who was there. There was a small mouse nibbling a hole through the cloth. Sulky snatched up his coins and swatted the mouse away. That won't last for long said a bejeweled pair of shoes. Sulky looked around and saw rows and rows of soft leather slippers. Each pair was a different color with a beautiful embossed design. There was a blue pair of slippers sitting on the floor with long pointy toes that curled up. That mouse is already fast in flight. To tell the bandits about your coins. They will be in the market soon. And they will come for you and your gold coins. Sulky clutched his coin pouch closer. Quick, slip me on, and I can help you out of this souk. It won't be easy, but if you do as I say, we can make it out before the bandits arrive. Sulky slid on the slippers and then reached for a long silk scarf hanging nearby. He tied it around his head and created a little turban as the slippers had instructed him. Now you fit in, said the slippers. We need to navigate safely out of this souk 
before the bandits arrive. Grab a few of those red peppers over there. They may come in handy. Once again, Sulky did as the slippers requested. Then he glanced around. He was surrounded by colorful lanterns, shoes, baskets, hats, and food stalls. There didn't seem to be any entry or exit to the souk. The slippers began to slide through the market, and Sulky glided along with them. He was enjoying the colorful sounds and smells, and he even stopped to buy some dates. He reached into his coin pouch for a few coins and then quickly shut it and held it tight. He looked around and didn't see any bandits, so he relaxed a bit. Sulky was beginning to grow weary and wanted a rest. He saw a lush red Persian carpet sitting in the sun and sat down on it to enjoy his treat. The slippers tried to keep him moving, but Sulky could not be swayed. Just as he lifted his date to his mouth, a giant black cobra rose right in front of him. Chapter 3 The cobra stared straight at Sulky, who was holding his date halfway in his mouth. Sulky froze. A wicked-looking tongue slid out of the cobra's mouth and hissed at him. Sulky felt his tiny feet elevating as the slippers moved them into the air and began to move in a figure eight. Sulky himself was being hypnotized as the slippers turned round and round. The snake followed the movement of the tiny slippers on Sulky's feet. His head moved around in loops over and over. Sulky could barely breathe, he was so terrified, but he trusted the slippers. He could feel himself being slowly pushed backwards and away from the snake by the force of the dancing slippers. The distance between Sulky and the snake was growing. Back and back he went, until he fell backwards into a pile of spices. Sulky landed in the saffron and sunk right in. The saffron slid right over him and seeped into all his clothing and under his tiny turban. Sulky was just about to push his way through the silky spice when he felt the slippers holding him down. He couldn't move upwards now no matter how hard he tried. Listen, whispered the slippers. Sulky stopped struggling and listened as he heard the mouse's voice say, He was just here! I saw him over there with that cobra! He can't be far! Then he heard shouts and the scattering of feet. It was the bandits. They were now scouring the soup looking for him. Sulky reached down to feel his little bag of coins. It was still securely attached. Sulky and the slippers waited quite some time for the noise to quiet down. One of the slippers gently popped his curled end up from the saffron and looked around. The souk had quieted down and evening was approaching. Sulky emerged from the spice bin looking like a golden statue, thanks to the amber-colored spice. He shook himself off and looked down at the slippers for guidance. 
We're safe for now, but they will be back. We must find a tapis volant if we want to get far, far away. A tapis volant? asked Sulky. A flying carpet, of course. Sulky was enthralled by the idea of a flying carpet, and he perked right up. Tapis volant! Here we come! he shouted with glee. The slippers were already guiding him towards the rows and rows of carpet booths in the souk. There were vendors everywhere, and they all had an array of intricate woven carpets of ruby reds, sapphire blues, and emerald greens. The carpets were thick and luxurious, and they all seemed magical to Sulky. How do we find a flying one? asked Sulky. We will need a couple of your gold coins for this, replied the slippers. Sulky reached down into his pouch for his coins, and he saw that the hole the mouse had chewed had grown wider and several coins had fallen out. He sat down in the middle of the market and began to sulk at the discovery of his lost coins. The slippers couldn't move him, and they were forced to wait as he sulked and sulked. Finally, the slippers couldn't stand it anymore, and they said, Sulky, you must stop now. You've sulked for far too long, and if we wait any longer, we risk being found. Just a little bit longer, after all. I lost some coins, whimpered back Sulky. There was nothing the slippers can do. You're a little sultan of sulk, exclaimed the slippers angrily. Just look at you. Why not act like the king of everything instead of a sultan of sulk? After all, it's your choice. Sulky thought about this for a moment. King of everything. He liked that idea. He stopped his whimpering, picked himself up, and stood tall with his head held high. He began to look around for a magic carpet, but instead he heard the bandits. There was no spice bin in sight to dive into, so Sulky dove under a cloth in a nearby basket. He could hear the bandits and the mouse searching for him. I just saw him! I just saw him! panted the mouse. We will find him and the rest of his gold coins. As Sulky silently listened to the mouse, he felt something smooth and scaly slide over his legs. He looked down to see a cobra coiling its way up his body. Chapter 4 Sulky was about to scream in terror when he remembered that he had just been dubbed the king of everything. A king would never shrink back in terror. But what was he to do? His hands were in his pockets, and he felt the little bunch of red peppers he had bought earlier. Such wise slippers, Sulky thought to himself. The slipper's toes curled up just a little in delight. Sulky pulled out a red pepper 
and held it in front of the cobra, who immediately lunged at it, snatching it in his jaws. He bit down and felt flames burning in his mouth. He released his grip on Sulky and recoiled into a corner of the basket. The slippers leapt from the basket with Sulky attached. They ran as quickly as they could and ducked into the nearest carpet stall. Sulky knew this was it. He was going to have to find a flying carpet. He may not be so lucky to escape cobras and bandits twice. He looked around the stall, but wasn't sure how to find a flying carpet. He reached down and felt his coin pouch that now had a few less coins, but there were still some. He pulled out some of the coins and held them up. As he did so, he was immediately approached by the stall owner. How can I help you? he asked. I need a flying carpet, said Sulky. The stall owner looked at his coins and said, Ah, a tapis volant. I have just the right size for you, and she flies like a dream. The stall owner led Sulky into a corner of his booth with a blue scalloped door that was full of tiny carpets. This is where you will find the magical tapis volant, he exclaimed. Sulky stood up straight and reminded himself that he was the king of everything in his world. He then began to flip through the carpets. He touched each one and felt the fine woolen threads between his fingers. He went one by one down the pile until he found a small carpet of royal blues and deep crimson reds. The slipper's toes curled just a little when Sulky touched the carpet, and he knew he had found the one. He quickly paid the owner three gold coins, rolled up his little carpet, and headed out of the souk and straight for the desert. Night was coming on and Sulky needed to hop on this carpet and head off to Goop World before the bandits came out again. He rolled out his little tapis volant and sat down waiting for it to fly. Nothing happened and Sulky immediately began to sulk. And his little slippers went flat at the toes. The flatter the slippers went, the more he sulked. He wanted them to help him, and now they were no good at all. Sulky looked up at the sky, wishing he was gliding through it on his flying carpet, and he saw the moon twinkle and wink at him. He immediately changed his mood and perked right up, and as he did so, his little slippers curled up. He went into a trance, thinking about his adventure and how he had been face-to-face with a cobra. Sulky glanced down at the little curled slippers and was shocked to see that he was quickly rising off the ground and his carpet was moving forwards at a fast clip. He reached his hands over the sides and clung to the edge. He looked below and saw a vast desert beneath him that was growing smaller and smaller as he rose higher into the air. It was dark now, and the night air was deliciously chilling after being in a hot desert sun. Sulky relaxed 
and took a look around. He was enjoying the ride until he felt for his coin pouch and discovered that several gold coins had fallen out along the way. Sulky put on a frown, and his whole face scrunched up as he began to sulk again. The carpet could feel the Sultan of Sulk and began to drop towards the ocean below. Sulky peeked over the edge of the tapis volant and looked at the choppy waters beneath him. He knew what was happening. He sat himself upright, straightened his tiny turban, tied up the knot in his gold pouch, and said out loud, It was only a few gold coins that I lost for the adventure of a lifetime. Then he smiled. He watched as the little slippers on his feet curled up and the carpet started to ascend towards the moon. They flew along through the night air, passing by shooting stars until the day broke. The sun burst through the clouds and shone down on a winding wooden staircase that led straight through the clouds into Goop World. The slippers nudged Sulky as he gripped his coin pouch and hopped off onto the stairs. Down and down he went, straight into Goop World, where he ran off in search for Sinjessi so he could tell her all about the Moroccan souk, the magic slippers, the bandits, and the flying carpet. But Stinjessi was nowhere to be found because she was deep in Kenya, facing down a leopard. But that is a tale for another time. So there you have it, Sulky and the Moroccan souk. I hope you enjoyed this tale, and if you did, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a review for Goop Tales. And now you can visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 17, that's the number 17, and you will be able to see all of the photos that go with this story of Sulky and the Moroccan Souk. And make sure and find the tiny sulky that is hidden in every photo. Sometimes he's very hard to find. Then you can download the first half of the story on that same page. And I invite you to engage your imagination and write an ending to Sulky and the Moroccan Soup. Submit it to gooptales.com and have it published online for the rest of the world to read. So that's it for this time, and I will see you next time in Goop Tales episode 18, where Stin Jesse goes to Kenya. Until then, make every day a Goop Day. <laughs> <laughs>